This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We're going over the Week 14 waiver wire pickups. It's playoff time. We're not looking for stashes. We're looking for players to grab and play now, uh, or players to grab to block your opponents. Um, I guess, you know, if you're stashing somebody, it's going to be one of your top running backs handcuff. So, you know, if you have Zeke, make sure you have Tony Pollard. You know, if you have um, uh, Dalvin Cook, make sure you – oh, wait. Dalvin Cook got hurt. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, he said he should be fine. He should, he will play. Uh, but, you know, like I was saying before, you know, if you're trying to fill a glaring hole this week, you know, that's what you want to focus on. If your opponent is trying to fill a glaring hole, you want to take notice of what they need. Uh, and you might want to prioritize, you know, grabbing uh, the guy that they would probably want um, so you have an advantage and just keep that guy on, the, on your bench even if you're not going to play him. It's all about getting that win this week. So, um, obviously, Alexander Madison, you know, he, you know, Dalvin Cook has an AC sprain. Um, he, apparently, he had that coming in. He re-aggravated it. Um, he can play with, you know, according to Do- Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc on Twitter. Uh, it's possible the Vikings let him rest it, but the chance of, you know, re-aggravation is high. You know, if he does play, uh, pain tolerance will be what determines whether Cook is available, whether he's active or not, whether he gets, you know, a lot of run. So if you have Cook, you know, you should have already had Alexander Madison. He was one of the top waiver wire, I mean, you know, top handcuff all year long. So if you don't have him, it's a good lesson of why you need to handcuff your top running back when the handcuff himself is as talented and will get a workhorse role if, you know, that top running back were to go down, especially this time of year. Um, But Madison is available in a majority of leagues. He needs to be picked up regardless of whether you had Dalvin Cook or not. He'll be a potential RB1 play if Cook, you know, is hurt. Um, and he doesn't play, and he'll even be in flex consideration even if Cook plays. Um, he he does have three good matchups for your fantasy playoffs. Um, this could, you know, backfire, you know, and not, you know, like neither back gets enough work for that RB1 production. That will be worst-case scenario. Um, so this could play out terribly <laughs> uh, if you have Dalvin Cook. Uh, but Raheem Mostert is another guy, you know, uh, he he's probably guaranteed the most volume, uh, I would assume, out of, out of these Backs, maybe Rashad Penny, you know, is guaranteed some volume. But Tevin Coleman might have lost his job. Uh, Raheem Mostert was outplaying Coleman in this past game. Coleman ended up with only six touches. Uh, pretty much what I mentioned yesterday in the review, um, he outsnapped Coleman 40-10. to 10. He's the guy right now. And, you know, when uh, when Matt Breida comes back, I would assume that he's in the rotation, you know, ahead of Coleman because he was playing better than Coleman too. So, you know, Coleman, I would not put him in my lineup in Week 14. Uh, you know, we don't know who's going to get the goal line looks, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out this week. But still, Raheem Mostert is going to be a good start. He's a good, he's a must-pick up. Uh, tough matchup this week. Uh, I think he still should suffice as an RB2 in what is usually a successful running offense, but this is a tough matchup against the Saints this week. 
And if you're wondering, like you probably hear my breath a little bit harder than usual. Um, it's, it's because I just I just got done working out, and uh, I guess you know the adrenaline's still running high, and I gotta take a breath like every two seconds. But sorry about that. <laughs> but Rashad Penny's the other guy I want to talk about as a must pick up. Now the Seahawks ran the ball 23 times, and was just with Chris Carson last night um, on Monday night, so he got his workload. But Rashad Penny was a beneficiary of a ton of overall volume in the run game. He had 15 carries himself, so. It's worth noting that Carson's fumbling issues and then Penny taking advantage of his opportunities has opened the door for a committee the rest of the way. Carson played on only 52% of snaps with Penny on the field for 47%, so Penny is definitely in RB2 flex consideration moving forward in this run-heavy offense. He's playable this week against the Rams, and then he has a couple of pretty good matchups against Carolina and then Arizona over the last two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. Okay, a couple other running back pickups. Darwin Thompson. Um, I, I mentioned him yesterday, and if you want more details on him, you know, you can check out yesterday's episode. For, but basically, you know, Thompson led the backfield in carries. He even got a goal line look and score this past Sunday. Darrell Williams got hurt, and that's what led to Thompson getting more looks, looks and he ended up getting more more work than Shady. Now, this game was a little out of hand, you know, so that is potentially a reason why that, that happened. And Andy Reid keeps saying that he has to kind of limit McCoy's workload. Um, you know, but Damian Williams didn't practice at all last week. Uh, Thompson can potentially be picked up and started, but, you know, he, he also has a tough matchup um, against the Patriots. But, you know, he looked good with his touches. Uh, he has the upside of being a league winner if he's the guy getting most of the looks in this backfield, but we just kind of don't know how that's going to work out. Um, you know, he doesn't have the best matchups the rest of the way after New England, uh, but the Chiefs' offense can put him in opportune positions to succeed. Okay, Benny Snell, uh, with James Conner out again, Benny Snell led the backfield with 16 carries this week. He'll, he'll continue to be a touchdown-dependent RB2 uh, while Conner is out. Uh, we don't know Conner's status, but he did get a couple of limited practices in last week. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week, according to you know a few NFL insiders on Twitter. Um, Bo Scarborough, he's the guy in the Lions' backfield. He saw 21 carries against the Bears. Uh, you know, he had 18 carries the week before. And like I mentioned yesterday in yesterday's podcast, he's a touchdown dependent RB2. Tough matchup against Minnesota. Uh, Darius Geis, um, you know, somebody you might want to pick up. He looked good. Like I mentioned, he's still sharing an early down workload with, with Adrian Peterson. Still three-man backfield. But, you know, he's touchdown dependent. Uh, not enough volume. It was nice, nice to see him get that goal line touchdown. But, you know, this week against the Packers, good matchup. But he has a pretty tough matchup against Philly. In week 15, and then he has a good matchup against the Giants in week 16. You just kind of wish the volume was a little higher. Um, wide receiver pickups, Cole Beasley, you know, not the most exciting play, you know, especially in the fantasy playoffs, but he, he'll he give you a solid floor in PPR, and he has upside. He scored a touchdown in five of his last seven games. Um, Baltimore's been leaky in the slot. They, they've been giving up the 12th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. Prior to last week, sorry, because San Francisco doesn't have a playmaking slot wide receiver, so not including that week. But, you know, I think he's a good pickup this week if you're in need of a wide receiver or a flex play in PPR. Um, another guy, similar situation, Anthony Miller, back to fantasy relevance. He's gotten off to that slow start, like I mentioned yesterday. But, listen, Cole Beasley against Dallas last week took advantage, 6-7 for 110 yards and a touchdown from the slot. Anthony Miller plays primarily from the slot. And he's going to be a high upside wide receiver three this week. And I would not hesitate to start him. Russell Gage, another slot wide receiver. Saw 10 targets and 9 targets over the last two games. 
So he's in play as a wide receiver three this week against Carolina. Uh, they've been leaky throughout their secondary. Uh, they just fired Ron Rivera probably because of that. <laughs> but they've specifically given up the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers coming into last week. So Gage, another PPR option. Robbie Anderson, very risky to play, <laughs> right, despite the success he's had over the last two weeks. Uh, good matchup against Miami. Uh, if you need to shoot for upside, he's the play. Just don't be surprised, you know, if he catches like one ball for eight yards. But his 11 catches for 187 yards over the last two weeks can boost your confidence a little bit. So, you know, if you're shooting for upside, I don't mind that move at all. Uh, James Washington, similar situation to Robbie Anderson. If you need to shoot for upside, he's in play against uh, a pretty porous Arizona secondary. You know, we saw what they were, what they how Arizona looked last week. But Devlin Hodges... Uh, loves him some James Washington. Uh, the two have accounted for 203 yards and two touchdowns this year in limited playing time. So, you know, if Juju does come back this week, it doesn't look like he is. But, you know, it's either taking defenders away from Washington, Washington to make big plays or it could potentially go the other way and give Juju the majority of target share. Um, so James Washington is a boom-bust start this week, but it doesn't look like Juju is going to play. But we'll see how that how that works out for the rest of the week. Uh, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. You know, Golden Tate, he was out of the lineup, and Sterling Shepard moved into the slot um, this past week. And if Tate is out again, Shepard will actually have one of the tougher matchups he's had all season against Philly. You know, believe it or not, we, we hear about that Philly secondary being terrible, but it's really on the perimeter where they're, where they're pretty bad. The Eagles are the best team at defending slot wide receivers in the entire league, believe it or not, uh, giving up the least amount of fantasy points. Uh, that leads to Darius Slayton being the preferred option out of these two. Um, additionally, because he had more targets than Shepard did last week as well. So if Tate is in, Slayton and Shepard are viable but risky plays. Uh, but since the matchup is good on the outside for both, I'll throw in either for some upside. Okay, tight end streamers, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron's on IR. Doyle's the guy tight end, and he had 11 targets last week, had a great game. Uh, this week, he has a great matchup against Tampa Bay, so he's a top streamer option if he's available. Kyle Rudolph. Um, you know, six touchdowns over his last six games now. So I'm going to keep riding that production neutral matchup this week. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the matchup. Uh, Jacob Hollister, uh, Ed Dixon, he was activated a couple weeks ago, but he hasn't seen the field yet. Uh, so Hollister continues to be the guy. He saw eight targets on Monday night, not a ridiculous stat line, but eight targets is pretty good for a tight end. Um, that actually led the team. doesn't have a great matchup this week or next week, but, he does have a great matchup against the Cardinals in Week 16. If your streaming doesn't hurt to, uh, you know, stash him for Week 16. So as far as playing him this week, I'm not really worried about the matchup since he's getting targets. Uh, Ryan Griffin, neutral matchup this week, caught five or seven targets this past week. So you know he has upside of reaching the end zone in addition to yardage as we've seen before. So if you need, uh, you know, some upside, I think he's a good upside play uh, as a boom bust streamer this week. Uh, Mike Gesicki, you know, mentioned him, consistent volume, you know, and it's tough to find consistency at the position. But two touchdowns in each of the last two games, um, you know, Jamal Adams might be out this week. He was in a walking boot after the game on Sunday. No word on whether he'll play this week. But if he's out, Gesicki gets a boost. Uh, Tyler Higby, you know, uh, with Gerald Everett out of the lineup, you know, Higby's in play again against the Seahawks, who give up the third most fantasy points to tight ends to give up another Good game to, to, to Kyle Rudolph on Monday night. Uh, Jason Witten, you know, his play is random, but if you're in a deep league, he's worth starting because the, the, the Bears have given up a ton of points to the tight end position. 
All right, quarterback streamers for the playoffs, uh, and, you know, specifically this week, and then we'll talk about the playoffs. But Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill both have good matchups this week, and they continue to have good matchups throughout the fantasy playoffs, week 14, 15, and 16. But let's talk about Fitzpatrick first. You know, he's been getting done, getting it done. He's playing the Jets this week. Uh, five touchdowns over the last two games. You know, Devontae Parker's balling. Um, and, uh, you know, he found another reliable target in Mike Gesicki. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick has the Giants in week 15, and then the Bengals in week 16. So he could be your fantasy playoff quarterback. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill. Um, last week, he didn't do much with his legs, but, you know, that was probably more of an anomaly. Uh, the Raiders' pass defense we know is, is pretty bad. Um, so Tannehill should be able to get, you know, take advantage of that. He's a high floor option as a streamer this week. Great matchup against Houston in week 15. And then he has a decent matchup in week 16 as well. Sam Darnold, um, the matchup wasn't great for Darnold last week. Yeah, I know he was playing Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is actually pretty good, um, you know, decent, you know, in the past game. Um, but this week against Miami, he can get it done. Carson Wentz struggled all year, uh, made it happen last week. You know, Darnold didn't do great against Miami the, the last time around, but, you know, he's not going to – I don't think Miami is, is a team that is going to, you know, have – you know, Sam Darnold in their pocket. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Ryan Griffin, they all have good matchups. So Dar- Darnold is a streamer worth picking up if you don't have many options. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Tampa Bay secondary, has been lit up all year. Brissett will get his shot this week. He's a low-end streamer, but he has a good chance of having a decent game if there aren't too many options. Okay, week 15 potentials. Matt Stafford against Tampa Bay. If he's back, who knows? Uh, Gardner Minshew at Oakland. Daniel Jones against Miami at home. Uh, week 16. Uh, and, and remember, week 15 and week 16, Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those are guys I'm not mentioning now, but you can play them this week, and you can play them 15 and 16 as well. So Phillip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor in week 16 against Oakland. Uh, Gardner Minshew, a guy you can have for both week 15 and week 16. Week 15 in Oakland, week 16 in Atlanta, uh, Daniel Jones in week 16 at Washington, and Andy Dalton at Miami. Uh, defensive streamers. I'm, I'm assuming that you already have some streamers for the playoffs, but if you don't, here are some, uh, some options that who might be available in your league. Uh, Packers, you know, is my first choice. They're favored by 13 points at home. You know, usually means that the quarterbacks so or Dwayne Haskins can potentially be put in a one-dimensional uh, game script, you know, late in that game, uh, the Redskins will try and pound the rock regardless. So there's a chance, you know, Haskins needs to make more plays to catch up, you know, with the, to, with the Packers, which can result in mistakes. So not only that, the Packers have a great pass rush. The Redskins don't have good protection. So given the, you know, that would give the Packers more chances to get sacks, turn the ball over, and that sort of thing. Uh, Packers have Chicago at home in Week 15 as well, so you can continue to stream them um, for two weeks. Browns. At home against Cincinnati, the Bengals are traveling to the Browns, who are favored by 8.5 points. Uh, I wonder how long that drive is, but I don't know. Uh, the Browns' pass defense and pass rush, you know, even without Miles Garrett, has been solid. They got four sacks a couple weeks ago. Uh, so starting them against a Cincinnati offense at home is a good idea. Um, after this week, they're droppable. Uh, the Jets, if Jamal Adams practices and suits up, I'm fine playing the, J- the Jets you know, against the Dolphins. Uh, but if their leader in Jamal Adams isn't out there, I'm going to pass. After this week, you can drop the Jets. Uh, Vikings against the Lions. David Blau didn't look too shabby in his NFL debut on Thanksgiving. I was kind of impressed, honestly. He's still an undrafted rookie, uh, you know, but he was going up against the Bears. But it's worth noting that the Bears kind of figured him out later in the game. Uh, so, you know, with a full game on film from 
David Blau, the result might not be great for him against the Vikings. Um, the Vikings secondary, they're not good. Um, there is a chance, you know, there's still a chance, though, that the rookie struggles, you know, if he sees looks, you know, that he doesn't like outside of his home stadium. He was playing in Detroit last week on Thanksgiving. The Vikings are favored by 14 points. Uh, not not a great um, not a great prediction from Vegas when it comes to the Lions. Uh, but Texans against the Broncos, Drew Locke, solid in his debut. Uh, like I said, again, though, one game of film on him, the Texans will have an advantage at home. They're favored by almost 10 points. Uh, so the hope is that the Broncos' offense needs to become one-dimensional if you're starting the Texans, um, you know, so that they can kind of get to the quarterback. Okay, week 15 streamers to potentially keep an eye on and maybe even roster. Uh, Green Bay against against Chicago, like I mentioned, you can use them multiple weeks. Seattle in Carolina, Kansas City at home against Denver. Um, week 16, Indianapolis against Carolina. Uh, Denver against Detroit. Washington against the Giants. Miami against Cincinnati. And then Cincinnati in Miami. That's kind of what I'm looking for right now. Those aren't the ideal options, but those are the options that who you know who are about 55% uh, rostered or lower at this point. You know, a lot of them are higher owned. The other teams that you want because people have been looking at the, the schedule over the past couple of weeks and, and stashing those those streaming options. So uh, that's really all I had. If you had any questions, uh, go to my latest post on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Leave a comment, and I'll try to get to it uh, as soon as possible. But hope you guys. You know, have a great week. Hope you guys get who you want on your waivers. Hope you guys made the playoffs. That's huge. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Bye.